Oh my god, is this sexy Cortana? It could be. I don't know what Cortana might look like, but this is an artist rendition of Cortana. This edition sold for $600 and someone's trying to sell it for 7,000 now. I think that that the the primary driver of this market are digital artists and they just need a way to sell their art in an artificially scarce way. But yeah, you don't do anything with it. I guess you can get an HD TV put it on and then have a little sign next to it that says, no, 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 I'm not just streaming this. I, I own this piece of art and it's on the blockchain. Paid artists, unpaid interns. You're listening to Art Pros Podcast. All right, so we're starting halfway here. We're kind of starting in the middle, I bet. So, so for people that are tuning in just now, you have no idea what we're talking about because we don't know what we're talking about either. What we are talking about today at the Art Pros Podcast is something that is called a non-fungible token. And this non-fungible token is now introduced into the art world. Welcome to the Art Pros Podcast, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Gage B. I am Renz B, and I am also very confused. Gage and I just like we just couldn't stop talking about this before we started recording because this is huge news, everybody. It's huge news because it has to do with making money online through the blockchain and if you're not familiar with what the blockchain is that is the system behind bitcoin behind cryptocurrency behind dogecoin we're gonna go through all this today in the episode but i just want to ask you a question Renz. what's that question what's the highest cost you can imagine to pay for two pizzas the highest cost i can imagine to pay for two pizzas is that like the highest cost i would pay for two pizzas what, what do you or think like like you're balling uh you're like you're like bill gates and you just want two regular pizzas two papa john's pizzas but you're willing to pay a premium what, what's the what's, what's your high ballpark what's what's too much but right too below much? that is enough 30 dollars for for each Okay, so what if I told you in 2010 someone paid 560 million dollars for two whole pizzas? <laughs> Wait, what? Who's that? Who did that? So a man on May 22nd, now known as Bitcoin Pizza Day, paid 10,000 bitcoins to order two pizzas from Papa John's. What? At the time, the bitcoins were worth uh, about a third of a cent. You know, he sent off 10,000 Bitcoins. He's like, oh, I'll get some pizza. Not a big deal, right? Not really worth that much. Fast forward 11 years. That pizza is now worth $560 million at the going rate, as we speak, of $56,000 of Bitcoin. Talk about a return on investment. Wait, so who, who accepted these? Wait, are you telling me that Papa John's has been accepting Bitcoin this whole time? No, this man went on a forum. Because that's how uh, scarce cryptocurrency was at the time. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. He went on a forum and said, hey, listen, guys, I just want two pizzas. I'm willing to pay in Bitcoin for it. I'll pay 10,000 Bitcoins for two pizzas. And a guy in Britain was like, all right, I'll, I will 
buy your pizza, have it delivered to you in Florida. And the rest was a wrap. The guy got his two pizzas. The guy in Britain got 10,000 Bitcoins, you know, worth about $41 at the time, which is still a little too much to pay for pizza. Those same Bitcoins today are worth $560 million. <laughs> you know, the, the most ridiculous thing I could I could get from this story is the fact that this dude is trying to get pizza on a forum. i mean could you imagine being that guy like now 10 years later you're like damn i remember when i had ten thousand bitcoin i wonder what that's worth three dollars i don't know i hope i hope he had like way more than that though if he's shelling it out if it's like worth less than a cent for those of you out there who have been paying attention to the news cryptocurrency is making a giant splash we have elon musk's tesla saying that bitcoin is the future we have blackrock the world's largest asset management big money mover guys in the world saying they dabble in crypto we have lindsey lohan saying crypto to the moon bitcoin to the moon we have murder beats famed producer murder beats claiming in november of 2020 that he's buying into bitcoin if you don't know what bitcoin is welcome to the art pros we're going to run it run through it with you and then we're going to dive into nfts non-fungible tokens to figure out how digital artists can make money in the art world using cryptocurrency welcome to the future so this is this is i'm going to do my best to ex- to explain like i'm five i'm going to try to explain <laughs> this like i'm a five-year-old um anyways uh i'm just joking i did you know i have some bitcoin gauge I did not. You have Bitcoin? I have I, I bought eleven dollars worth of Bitcoin last year. Oh, what's that worth now? Twelve dollars? No, it's $13? worth six it's sixty dollars now. Are you serious? That's an incredible yeah. return on investment. Yep, I that bought is an 11... incredible return on At investment. At the time it was worth like one hundredth or something of a bitcoin, maybe even one thousandth of a bitcoin. But I bought eleven dollars of it. Oh wait, let me see. Yeah, it is it, it says here that I own um point zero zero one one three seven of bitcoin and i got sixty dollars it's worth sixty dollars this thing that i can't even see feel or touch it's just i just know it as this term called bitcoin and behind all that is a complicated system of decentralized money i might sound like i'm talking french right now believe me that's what it that's what it feels like even to me still i just know that i have sixty dollars somehow that for pressing a few <laughs> buttons, you know, it must feel good to rich people. I imagine that <laughs> must be why they're talking about it. Is that is that why they're talking about it, Gage? That's why they're talking about it. There, I mean, let's put into perspective the return on investment. What's a what's a better return on investment? A uh, hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of school art school, or a hundred eighty thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. Let's say in twenty seventeen, you're sitting there and you're like, man. It's so great that Sally May is going to let me take out this loan for $45,000 for my freshman year of college. This is really going to allow me to up my earning potential from $980,000 throughout my lifetime up to like $2 million throughout my lifetime. This is a great investment. You do that, you get out of school, you're in $180,000 worth of debt. Let's say in 2017, May 2017, you instead take out a $45,000 loan to buy Bitcoin. You would have been able to buy 22 and a half bitcoins at $2,000 a piece. 
that is now worth at this moment $1.26 million. So you would have been, instead of graduating with your beautiful illustration degree, you know, you snag a sick job at the Huffington Post making $56,000, you would have been able to pay for five more educations. You, you probably could have owned half the state of like Wyoming or something. Well, no, yeah. Wyoming seems pretty expensive. Let's say uh, Iowa. You could have bought yourself a farm. You know, buy yourself a big farm, buy a bunch of guns, build a big wall around it, start your compound and your militia to take down the uh, the eco-fascist state. Whatever. You could have done you a lot of bought, stuff. Yeah, you could have gotten a couple islands. So that's the type of return on investment we're talking about is, um, you know, 20 times return on investment over a four-year period. That's something that's unheard of uh, monetarily. So that's why rich people really like it is that, you know, you, if the only time you see returns like this is when you're fucking gambling. Other than that, when you make an investment in something, maybe, maybe if you see a 10 time return on investment over a 10 year period, that's incredible. I mean, more or less, it, it, it did seem like a gamble at the time when, when it was first proposed, probably not so much when it was first created, like during the time when that guy bought a pizza and it was less than a cent, I definitely would have gotten it if I, if for fun, honestly, if I was, you know, around at the time when it was created, I, I don't really know much about its inception, when it happened and, and where it happened, like what forum it was shared on or whatever, but I probably would have gotten some at the time. Now, you have to understand that as this developed, it did start to grow in value when I learned about it. Uh, someone told me that this Bitcoin thing was a thing, blah, blah, blah. They they said I should get some. It was like, I must have been 18 years old at the time. So that must have been nine years ago or something. And it was worth like $300 or something. I didn't have $300. I thought it was cool. Might have gotten it if I had some extra cash. Might have gotten one. Which would have been an incredible return on investment if I held on to it until now. <laughs> But I didn't because I was 18. It was $300. And that at that point, it was a gamble. Could have bought a fucking Hummer. <laughs> for I could have bought a Hummer, dude. <laughs> of all the cars. That's the no. one I want. So before we hop into what the fuck is a Bitcoin's, let's explain why we're interested in cryptocurrency, the most popular of which is Bitcoin. And what it has to do with the art world. And... The reason why we're bringing it up is because Christie's, the famous New York auction house, is about to auction off its very first fully digital artwork in the form of a non-fungible token. NFT stands for non-fungible token. So NFTs are digital assets, publicly verifiable intellectual property authenticated on a blockchain. From an, a digital artist known as Beeple Crap on Instagram. Incredible artist. You can see all of his art for free on Instagram. But someone bought this non-fungible token and then is now auctioning it off at Christie's. I don't have the... Do you know what the, what the starting bid is for this group of numbers, essentially? No, I do not. Okay, let me look it up. I'll cut this out. <laughs> I want to say here, I'll, I'll, I can guess. I can guess while you're looking it up. Okay. My best guess, my best guess is uh, for the very first cryptocurrency exchange of a digital p 
piece of art in the art world. I would call it at uh, two million dollars. It's going to start at a hundred bucks with an oh unknown estimated God. value because this is the first auction of its kind, according to Christie's. But when Beeple Crap first put this, these NFTs online for auction, he was selling twenty pieces, and they sold for a total of three point five million dollars within the first. Oh my days. God. So you're oh you're saying the opening bid is a hundred bucks. The opening bid at Christie's is a hundred dollars because they've never sold anything like this before. But what is this? What is this thing we're talking about? What is an NFT? Well, to get to NFTs, we're gonna need to cover what the fuck is a blockchain? Friends, do you want to explain is, yeah, like where five what a what a blockchain I, is? I can, I can try. I will try my very best what a blockchain is. So okay. a blockchain, um, a blockchain, if you think about this in terms of of the internet, like first you gotta understand that the internet is a system, an interconnected system of of wires and, and your computer and electricity and it you plug yourself into the computer and you get on the internet. Well the blockchain kind of hides it 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 hides your your path the way you can it's it's like a bowl of spaghetti it's like a bowl of spaghetti but in the internet you know you can't untangle this bowl of spaghetti you can't figure out like if i if i grabbed one end of the spaghetti you don't know where the other end of the spaghetti is unless you're watching like the uh, uh L lady and the tramp or something but that's a movie it's not real life so the blockchain is like this bowl of spaghetti online, but this is the system used to track who, wh where money came from and where it's transferred. So essentially it is a, a buffer between each individual party who wants to make an exchange. The blockchain was created. This, is, this, this has got to be the most um, important part of cryptocurrency. It was created to... to be a competitor to the typical currency we have which is the american dollar it is decentralized because people did not want to be able to track their exchanges through the internet or so through let's a federal say, bank or through a federal bank that's right so normally if i if i bought something online you could track the whole process you could see who bought it you could see which bank has has the money now. You could see, you know, every single step of the exchange. It starts at one place, goes through the bowl of spaghetti, and you don't know where the hell that money is anymore. Is that I did my best, man. I do like the the metaphor of the bowl of spaghetti. A block in the blockchain is like the solution to a math problem. So each coin is found through solving a really, really, really hard math problem in a process called mining. So you would use a computer to solve this really difficult math problem that the original inventor of Bitcoin set up that takes an amount of time to solve that problem. And once the problem is solved, your computer says, oh, I solved the problem. Here's the answer to this question. I own this answer to this question. And the blockchain, so that's a block. The blockchain is a history of all of those answers to that question because you can't solve the next block without the answer to the first block. Does that make sense, Renz? Yes. With the spaghetti metaphor, it's kind of like, so you have a bowl of spaghetti, but the spaghetti's made up of one long noodle 
and you want to find the end of that long noodle. Mining a block is the equivalent of taking that long noodle and searching, following it through the bowl of spaghetti to find the end of it. But once you've found the end of it, you say, okay, this is the end of this long ass noodle. And you tell someone else, this is where the end of this noodle is. And this is where you, and that end of that noodle is the start of the next noodle in the block. <laughs> you just kind of graft another noodle to the end of it. Right. And then that just builds and builds and builds. So there's no way to fraudulently invent a new block without going back to the very beginning of the blockchain and starting it from the beginning and then convincing everyone who's participated in the blockchain that the chain that you're on is actually the true one. Fucking gobbledygook. So Bitcoin has existed for about... I don't know, maybe 12 15 years, something like that, I, which means that this blockchain is huge. There must be millions of equations all linked together, and you have no idea where it starts or begins. So you're talking about a bowl of spaghetti the size of uh, uh NFL stadium. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is that that bowl of spaghetti is publicly available to be verified, which is really important. So it's decentralized. But it's something that is not fraudulently hidden behind backdoor conversations with hedge funds yet. That's what the government's working on, is figuring out how can we manipulate this so that the Federal Reserve can use it to... Okay, I'm not going to go into that. But right now, it is pretty difficult to fraudulently doctor transactions on there. Basically, everything is recorded into the blockchain. So if you and I were to send back and forth $1 of Bitcoin over and over and over again to our wallets or to different wallets, all of that is recorded as part of this equation. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So basically, Bitcoin is supposed to be confusing. It's, it's confusing and expensive. It's expensive because it's confusing. It's expensive because it's scarce. There's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be mined and then it stops. There's no more, there's no farther to go with the equation. So that's why so it has function as a currency is because you can't make up more. There's always a hard stop with cryptocurrency. Well, with Bitcoin specifically, there's a lot of uh, thing people on the internet will call them scam coins or for example like Dogecoin uh, which is really popular right now as well. It jumped from like one eighth of a cent up to like eight cents or something recently uh that produces an unlimited amount of coins but bitcoin is not like that and neither is it any of the major cryptocurrencies that exist currently mm -hmm. this shit is all confusing on purpose and that's why uh for artists it may be a little bit hard to crack if you're not computationally uh obsessed like i think that the originators of bitcoin are probably a little obsessive about button pushing and calculations and uh, computer engineering. Okay. Now that I have sufficiently confused myself with what blockchain and Bitcoin is, what does this have to do with selling art? Oh, man. This has made it possible to further gatekeep the accessibility of digital art. Renz, you were telling me something a little bit earlier about why... Digital art has value. Something about its ability to be reproduced for enjoyment for all. Yes. So when we were talking about this, this non-fungible token, this system in which you can finally, finally 
I'm I'm pretending to be a a wealthy art collector now. Finally, finally, only I can own a digital art piece by uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, big Big Money or something? Big Mad, Boss Logic. Mad Dog. <laughs> Boss Logic. I can finally own a Boss Logic digital art piece. I can't wait. Well, I'm sitting here thinking this is the the non-rich me. I'm thinking like, yeah, but I could also just Google this boss logic thing and print it out and and look at it and enjoy it. I could enjoy it. I could go on this website, niftygateway.com, click on the listing and sit here and just watch it. So so I was telling Gage, I was like, dude, is this really this isn't even about the enjoyment of the art anymore. This is just people like there could be no image there. You know what I mean? It could just you could you could just buy it and not even ever look at it and say you own something that cost you a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the beauty of digital art, if you're a digital artist, is that you can produce it once and then constantly reproduce it so that people can just have that shit hanging in their house. You did a really good drawing of Kobe doing that 360 slam dunk. Right. And you're like, you know what? I want to sell like a hundred of these for five dollars a piece so that tons and tons of people can enjoy my art. And then they, I can print them out as many as I want, hang it on the wall, you know? And that was kind of the beauty of digital art or, or even, let's go back farther, like printmaking, any, anything that's easily reproduced, the whole point was accessibility. But what's a little bit different about these, this NFT, the non-fungible token, is that it exists on the Ethereum blockchain, which is similar to Bitcoin, but Ethereum is something you can also do app development on. So they're building an internet on the blockchain. That's Ethereum. Well, it's powered by Ethereum, whatever. I don't want to, all of that is a fucking hole. It's a big bowl of spaghetti that is difficult to explain in a podcast. But now with these NFTs, it's basically a certificate of authenticity, right? Now people can go on and not auction off the actual art, but auction off the, the pink slip to the car saying i own this so it doesn't matter who's driving it the car is mine it's in my name i'm holding it that's what an nft is and what's the value of an nft again rents uh bowl of spaghetti bowl of sp it's a fucking bowl of spaghetti it's a way for people to say i own like even though you can view this digital art piece all you want i'm the one who owns it it's me it's got i own the the digital file it's mine and if you if you use it I'm going to tell everyone that you're using my digital file. I'm going to tell everyone you're looking at my art. So they don't. <laughs> hey, everyone, this guy's looking at my art and he didn't even pay for it. Fucking like, asshole. On. Yeah. <laughs> so the NFT is just a cer uh, certificate of authenticity attached to a file that is on the blockchain so that fucking Johnny Moneybags can buy it on nifty.com and say, I own this piece. Therefore, I am able to sell it. It's an it's a way of creating artificial scarcity, right? As in, mm -hmm. even though you can copy and paste or screenshot this fucking sweet 360 slam dunk Kobe drawing, you'll never be able to say I own it because someone else has the has the fucking certificate saying they own it, which means they can put it up for auction. It makes it able to be put up for auction. So even though there's a million of them, a, a hundred thousand copies of this fucking picture 
Christie's can say, yes, but we have the real one. Yeah, this is a whole new market. They're trying to make a, a, a whole new market, quite literally, in which the digital art world can now elevate itself up to the level of, of a piece of fine art, of a Michelangelo sculpture, of a yeah, Hans Arp, of a Jasper Johns. Now you got... Now you got yourself a a picture of of Kobe by Boss Logic. Now 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 those guys are in the same level. So let's let's talk about the negatives of it. There, there's this website called NiftyGateway.com, which is owned by the very famous Winklevoss twins from the Social Network, who uh, were probably the good guys, considering Mark Zuckerberg such a scumbag. But NiftyGateway.com is a platform on which you can sell these non fungible tokens which is just another block on the blockchain that's attached to a, a digital object, right? The bad thing about it is that all their entire mission is creating artificial scarcity so that these objects can have artificial value because it's no longer about the actual art object itself, but about claiming the ownership of it. In the same way that anyone can go and enjoy a waterfall, but someone can buy the waterfall and say that they own it and then sell it. <laughs> It really puts into perspective how fine art, like really expensive fine art pieces must be looked at also. Cause because I'm sitting here right now. I'm on I'm on niftygateway.com and I'm looking at that that picture of Kobe Bryant and I see this listing underneath. Um says $117,500 last sold for. And there are 171 of of this image sold there's there's multiple editions of this like much like you would you would get for uh you would see with a poster it says there's uh 429 of these um and i'm putting myself in the place of a buyer and i almost don't even care about this image really i'm looking at this number like okay if i buy it for this price um can i sell it again for this price is this going to be a good investment and that's the same feeling i get when i'm on like looking up stocks on the stock market, which doesn't ha doesn't even have any pictures attached to it. There's no sense of of art in it at all. I guess theoretically, yeah, if I buy this, I can sit here and enjoy the hell out of this picture. If I'm a fan of Kobe, if I happen to be rich and a fan of the Lakers, I guess. So what is it like? Is it like 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 when you buy a special edition of something and you just get something on the side, but you're really paying for something else altogether? It it really removes me from art. It it is. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's intentionally designed to create a market for something for which there was no market before. Does right. that make sense? So now people don't even need to go through the process of printing it and saying, "All right, this is an edition of 500. I'm only making 500." Now they don't even need to do that. They can just do their drawing, get it made into an NFT, non-fungible tokens. The only reason they have value is because they're impossible to duplicate or fraudulently create another of because it's on the blockchain all of that is really fucking confusing but it's a way for people who buy this non-fungible token to be able to buy and sell it between each other what it really seems like to me i just found something while i was browsing this nifty gateway i found something it's called yachty coin made by none other created by none other than lil yachty it's owned by somebody named bill lee this is all on the website you can even see the token id and guess how much this edition was sold for? How much? $16,000. <laughs> so what this actually sounds like to me is just 
a, a cool and fun way to buy cryptocurrency because because you're paying just about as much as you would for for a coin uh, but then you also get a picture to go with it like a special edition cuz this pick like let me try to describe what this this yachty coin is that's what you that's what you're technically buying right you're paying for this digital art piece it's literally a a 3d rendering of a coin floating like flipping in midair and on one side is the b for bitcoin and the other side is little yachty's face just like impressed onto the coin and this is $16,000. So basically, the Yachty coin itself gives fans exclu exclusive access to stuff from Lil Yachty. And originally when he sold them, he sold a limited amount for like $15 a coin. Uh, it's just like a fan a fan object, which is now going for, what did you say, $16,000? It's literally investment. Yeah. They, they found a way to, to commodify things that otherwise wouldn't be. Um... Man, so so really, it, th this is what would happen. For anybody who wants to buy and own an Art Pros podcast official recording, you could buy it on on uh, niftygateway.com. It only costs $16,000 <laughs> for this episode. But you can, own you can also episode. listen. You could, you could own it. It's yours. But everyone else could also listen to it for free on Spotify if they want to. But it's not theirs. It's yours. Now Trust let's, do a, let's do a thought experiment, though. Let's say okay. 20 years from now, uh, we become huge collected artists across the world, and the MoMA decides it wants to be able to say we own uh, Ren's original work. This is one way that they could buy an original work and claim ownership of it, despite the many, many, many copies of it that exist on Spotify, on our Patreon, on Apple Podcasts, which does nothing for the common person, but allows people to further exploit a capitalist market system where ownership for the sake of ownership has value. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get that you can't just, you know, sign up for the website and expect to make tens of thousands off the bat. You know, there, there definitely is, you have to have demand before you could do that. Every people know Lil Yachty. That's why he could sell this thing for $16,000. People, People know boss logic. Um, so so that's 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 kind of what makes this format, this platform, Nifty Gateway, kind of interesting, kind well, like, of futuristic. I, so I don't know for, how I feel about it. No, it's it's weird because like for common people who want to enjoy accessible art, which is kind of who I identify with, who the art pros stands up for in this world. Um Nifty Gateway is a bunch of gobbledygook, but let's say you're an artist like Boss Logic or or like Regular Logic, <laughs> the rapper. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you spent all this time, you spend all this time on on your drawing of Kobe doing a 360 dunk, you know, hundreds of hours. But because it's a digital object, you can only sell it for like thirty dollars a poster. But you mm -hmm. know, you know that you have enough clout. Where if you said you can only own this if you pay a million dollars, if you know you have enough clout to claim that, now Nifty Gateway gives you an opportunity to sell that. So for example, like you're a furry porn draftsman, you draw furry porn, and you don't want to produce something to sell for a hundred bucks where some guy's just gonna give it to all of his friends. 
you can instead sell it on nifty for like ten thousand dollars and give them exclusive ownership of it to do with as they wish rather than just screen capturing your drawing of furry porn so this is good for this is good for the digital artist who wants to to breach into the high level, tasteful, expensive fine art world, and and vice versa, for collectors to create value, to be the exclusive owners of a digital product. It's it's a new it's a new floor. It's a new penthouse suite. It's a new it's a new building. You know. It's a whole new place for these these types of folks to exchange their intellectual property and their big fat checks. I could see somebody <laughs> like Banksy. I, I could see somebody bank like yeah. Banksy doing something funny. Like, what if he uploads like a relatively harmless virus, but you don't know it's a virus until you buy it, you know? <laughs> and all it does yeah. is like, I don't know, like do something funny on your computer. Nothing, nothing that destroys your computer, but like maybe every week you you see a new file on your screen or maybe it changes your desktop background into something like a, a big a, a guy eating a cheeseburger something funny something silly something political some you know s- stuff banksy would do so this would be like him um vandalizing your computer you know what i'm saying that'd be neat yeah that'd be cool but you know who's losing in in this situation of nfts man no i re- i don't i don't know the buyer <laughs> kind of not really though (laughs) the people who love art right because why are you gonna make accessible 60 dollars posters of your of your digital drawings when you sell it for sixty thousand dollars well i mean but but you you still have to be for lack of a better term worth that much your your work your your work should have that value already right in a way well yeah but all but that value is artificial, it. right? Like, yeah, exactly. Like if there was, if you had the ability to own like a million Van Goghs, like actual Van Goghs, then they weren't wouldn't be worth as much as they are because they're individual one-off objects. Even a print reproduction is just a uh, a bad facsimile of the real paint on canvas. This is a way of artificially right. creating that. Because real, like in in all other respects and aspects, this fucking Kobe drawing is something that I could I could blow up and print from my printer right now and have forever. Yeah. I mean, I or you could go on niftygateway.com and click on it and just sit there and leave it up and on your computer, <laughs> like and pretend you, yeah, pretend you 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 know, you have a a two hundred forty eight thousand dollar thing on your screen. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's like, kind of ridiculous. Because, yeah, I mean, I think the exciting thing for me, like, I know, I know that, um, let's say, a Picasso worth $5 million, I can Google it, but looking at it in person is going to be a little bit cooler, probably. Oh, yeah. But this is, like, the exact same thing. This is going to look the same on my computer than it does on the computer of the person who owns it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's what messes with my head. I like I can I can understand a, a even a twenty thousand dollar painting being worth that much uh, as a physical object. You can look at it and have a different experience than say if you just wanted to see it on your phone, which is completely totally cool. Um, 
there's plenty of books with with photos of fine art on it that you can sit down and enjoy. It's not the same as seeing it in person, like you, especially with sculptures. But this digital thing is really it just messes with me a little bit. It's it just it just makes that that whole system of of the the fine arts, I guess, economy much more uh, messed up. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. It's way just, more it's inaccessible. So... What does this say about blockchain's use in, like, for example, illegal streaming? You know. Like things like that, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at this site right now. I'm looking at the marketplace. I'm trying to see if you know what kind of artists are here. A lot of them are names I recognize. A lot of them I have no idea who these people are because you know maybe maybe somebody like you and I who are artists in our own right would want to make a digital art and sell it here. Like, is this is this is it possible? What is the most inexpensive thing here? Uh, is it only cool because it's new and hip right now? Like as a market, it definitely still seems like it is it's it's a little exclusive, you know, it, it, and it's supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's really banking on like the liquidity. Uh, so like the access to capital and money that people who invested in in cryptocurrencies early now have um it's probably like anyone who would be aware of this uh before this point like you don't fucking know about nfts unless you're buying ethereum which last year was like 170 bucks and is now 1900 dollars uh you know what i mean so it's like it i'm, I'm guessing these prices are a little propped up hmm. i don't know man this shit is like way too big brained but i i wanted to get this information out to our digital art listeners who maybe you got a maybe you got a decent following you got like 800 people and some of them are interested in in cryptocurrency they own a bunch of crypto and they're interested in in owning some of your artwork in a more robust way maybe this is a platform you can use the non-fungible token it's you know maybe maybe i'm just maybe i'm just a crotchety old guy now because the idea of being a digital art collector seems so weird to me. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I could get like I could get down with for example, like a virtual reality object where like only you have access to it. I can understand. That, <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense. It's a lot harder to copy and paste a video game. Yeah, like I I, get, I just have this funny scenario in my head right now, and I said uh, something about being a digital art collector. Just like imagine, imagine you're a very successful millionaire. You have some, you know, a, a friend over just to hang out, and the topic of art comes out, and you're like, oh, you like art? Oh, you want to see my digital art collection? And that piques their interest. They want to see. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see. You bring them over to your room, and you're talking about it, building it up. You're making it sound exciting. Yeah, you know, I got I got this boss logic. I got this uh it's really dope uh picture of Kobe. He's kind of floating in the air, he's shooting the three. You're gonna love it. I got it for uh, sixty grand. I mean, this whole my whole collection is probably worth like a million, not that much. So, and, and you get to the room and it's just like a boring, kind of messy office. And you sit down and you plug in a USB stick and you're clicking through files like you're showing them vacation photos, like what? <laughs> you got this million dollar usb file uh a million dollar hard drive or something you know it's, it's just kind of funny and i, I you know you could po probably invest in some a uh, more opulent way to display it like a bunch of 
OLED OLED screens. You know, you got those. Just these fucking <laughs> yeah, posters <dude>. up. <laughs> yeah, dude. Digital put. You know what? They got those. Um, they got those new LG screens that are like bendy. Those cool bendy. Ooh, a curved screen to prevent glare. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah, they got those. Like, I mean, the screens are just getting thinner and thinner. So, in the foreseeable future, you could have a screen as probably as thin as a piece of cardboard. You know, dude, this is the scam. Like, you convince a bunch of eighteen-year-old trust fund kids into thinking that crypto's a shit. You sell them all this art for like eighteen thousand dollars. They don't have anything cool up in their house, and you know they invite you over. They're like, "Yo, you want to come see my my multi-million-dollar art collection?" <laughs> you get up to their penthouse in fucking New York. You're like, yeah, man, I can't wait to see some dope shit in person. Like things that just blow my mind. They're like, yeah, you got Dropbox. <laughs> yeah, let me drop you this pic, dude. Check it out. Yeah, just scroll to the left. You can check out the next thing. Yo, let me airdrop it to you. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't have the same sort of impact. Like, I really think a lot of this, and a lot of, uh, I don't for one second think that bitcoin is like a scam but i do think that there's a lot of opportunity to trick people who are ignorantly obsessed with the future into wasting their fucking money on scams Futures now, old man. and i don't think that bitcoin is a scam i think it's because it's unable to be fraudulently added to a really good way to keep track of of resources is through the bitcoin ledger but man, like convincing people to spend $17,000 on a fucking digital picture just to say you own it is a little ridiculous to me. I hate technology! It seems to be. I hope I'm wrong about this. Maybe I hope I'm being short-sighted. I me hope too. I am thinking like I'm five. I mean, we're definitely five years old in the brain hole. There's yeah, no I mean, compa compared to, uh, to the, the complexity you see, you know, see the thing about this Bitcoin, this cryptocurrency, this blockchain thing gauges the complexity of the big bowl of spaghetti. We're talking about a big <laughs> bowl of spaghetti here. Okay, that's 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 what you're really paying for, right? You're paying for the the decentralized. This is a brand new way to buy. This yeah. is a brand new way to buy. At you know? at premiums, high premiums. For those of you who don't know what a premium is, it's paying extra for the right to do something. So this is the coolest. This is the coolest way to spend your money in 2021. Yeah, dude. Are you, you, you still using cash? You have fucking people like Mark Cuban looking at this Christie's auction of the Beeple crap picture saying, I think non-fungible tokens are the future. Really, do you? Because I think spending $17,000 on an art piece is a lot more stupid than spending $17,000 on a jet ski, especially if you can't even hang up the art piece. I still think the coolest way to buy stuff is with like a little gold gold coins, literally like like doubloons or something. I just there's something about it that's cool to me, like yeah. held, holding a, a sack of gold coins. But now everything is an equation. You're basically just just paying for a little string of an equation. Is yeah. this another step away from from God's light? I don't know, man. Maybe God is just just an, an equation. equation. Uh, I hate that. Probably not. I think Christian God bros. is more like a, a gold <laughs> coin. Oh, man. this I think that this whole NFT thing, uh, I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope that like this is the same deal as when I was hating on TikTok. Um, but I hope this NFT shit falls out of style because I don't, I don't love the idea. Like, the coolest thing about digital artists is that they make their work to be like 
massively consumed. I don't love the idea of the general fine art market getting its hands on this shit. Well, I mean, like we were saying earlier, all this is is a transfer of ownership. All this is is the pink slip for the car is probably the best analogy for this. But I mean, it's a really pretentious way to to, I guess, uh, systemize it. It just seems that way because it's new. OK, I get it. I get it. But, you know, when when you do have that pink slip, you can still show off the car. You know, you can drive it around and and, and say, hey, look at this cool car I got. People can look at it. You might even be nice enough to say, hey, you want to drive in it? You want to drive it? You know, I guess you could do yeah. the same thing with, di- with a digital expensive boss logic. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, it's also like this NFT shit is a really good way to just keep regular people out of the market even more. I mean, regular people already can't probably afford a boss logic poster more or less, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's already inaccessible. Like if, if cause I wouldn't be surprised if he was delving into this or, or already in it. Oh, I'm sure. But I can't, I can't afford a, an original cause. Nah, you can't, you can see a good picture of it though. And I guess that's the moral I, I, of the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could buy, I could buy those little, little miniature reproductions. It's not an official. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's the difference. The difference is that one of them is called an official. Maybe it's bigger. And then the other one is just something I can put on my desk. You know, like I could, I could probably get a printout of, of the, the boss logic Kobe poster, but I, I wouldn't feel as cool as the guy who paid $200 for it. $200,000. Excuse me. I, that, that price isn't even in my vocabulary. Yeah. No. <clears throat> two, two million yeah. cents. Not even close. Uh, nope. Nope. I mean, this is the world we live in now. This is the world we live in. This is where I'm I'm starting to get confused. Yeah, this is starting to look like it's going to get too complicated for humans to maintain for too long. Like, this yep. is the type of shit that becomes dependent on, on uh, artificial intelligence. Like, do we really want that? I think the Amish had it right. They just should have, like, waited another hundred years or whatever to decide that's when they're going to stop with technological advancement. Yeah, well, you know what? I think one thing that uh, we should have mentioned earlier was that a big reason that Bitcoin was being used was for illegal activities in the dark web. It's one thing that it, uh, one benefit of having a decentralized form of currency is, and a lot of people were, were buying a bunch of drugs with, with Bitcoin drugs and, and other illegal services. And you could think that kind of skid row of the internet. And look, now a different type of scummy person wants their hands on it. A fucking degenerate kind of scummy person that eats caviar. Isn't that kind of interesting that the the progenitor of Bitcoin was like the desire to do untraceable transactions. And now some of the uh, most sus institutions in the world are getting invested. Fucking Ferragamo wherein Bulgaria, Bulgaria's government owns one of the biggest uh, Bitcoin wallets in the world. Really? Yeah. So if this does like take off to a major level, is cash going to be like cool still? Like, is that still going to be printed? I mean, it's just going to be another symbol for Bitcoin value at the end of the day, technically, right? Because I'm just thinking of the big problem here. What if I had tons of Bitcoin? What if I was that guy that bought it for less than a cent? I have dreams of diving into a big, <laughs> a big pool of, 
coins like 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 scrooge mcduck i'm gonna hop into this pool of gold coins what am i gonna do hop into a pool of usb sticks like is that yeah hop into a pool of uh of jailbroken android phones <laughs> that's yeah mercury poisoning from all the plastic that breaks under me yeah just imagine jumping into that into a pool of fucking the i think that the dream for bitcoin was that it would eventually become the world's reserve currency. So like right now, I think it's the US dollar, but people want everything to be based off of the value of Bitcoin. I don't get it, man. I mean, I get it. I get the theory behind it. It just escapes me. Like I, I'm, I, I like to ask why. I like to ask why a lot. So I think you're hitting the nail right on the head of like why the idea that Bitcoin would become an everyday thing is pretty far-fetched still like i think it's going to be left just to people who understand finances which currently is not a huge part of the population like i think most the dollar is around is going to stick around because ultimately it's easily adopted like oh i can carry a hundred of these pieces of paper and i can buy bubble gum with that probably just bubble gum in a few years but you know oh boy friends is there any any key takeaways you have today uh, for the listeners, how do I put this into words? My one of my key takeaways is to pay attention to this stuff. Pay attention to this stuff, even though it seems like you won't understand it, even though it seems confusing, difficult. Like, is this stuff legit? Every everyone's talking about it. It's kind of annoying me. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> it, it's gonna be important soon. If people like people are talking about it now. And have continued to be talking about. It. I've been seeing all of this stuff. You know, I, I'm I'm kind of an e boy, if you will. I've been on, <laughs> I, I'm on. I'm very online, so I I've known about this a little bit. I'm not trying to be cool by saying oh, I'm known about Bitcoin. You probably already heard of it too, intern. Now that Elon Musk is tweeting about it and stuff like that, it's kind of like the the days when Soldier Boy <gasps> did his dance, and then all of a sudden the, your teacher started doing that dance, and it was cool. That's kind of like that, you know, and, and what happened after Soldier Boy had a viral dance. Everybody has a viral dance now, you know? Yeah, that is true. Soldier Boy is underrated. I think I think that guy changed the game a little bit in, in a way that was kind of meme It was funny. Everyone made fun of him. He was a butt of everyone's jokes for a while. Damn, but you yeah. can't deny his influence. Can't deny his influence. Now everybody's meme. Look at Lil Yachty. That dude was pretty much this, a cut from the same cloth. Yeah, Soldier Boy, the- Base God, Lil Yachty. Yep, but but you know, don't don't at me with this because Soldier <laughs> Boy was that guy that started all of that goofy ass shit, even though he was completely serious about it. Um, and that's what Bitcoin is becoming now. Now it's at that point you got to pay attention to it. Now that these big money. Big money, big boy, baby guys, big boy, baby mama, whatevers are trying to make money with this fine uh, digital fine art. It's 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 weirding me out. It's becoming a little normal. I me just being able to buy it from my phone to buy like a really, really microscopic amount of Bitcoin and making fifty dollars is ridiculous to me. I don't feel bad for making that fifty dollars because that was absolutely 100 percent a risk that i was willing to take i was willing to lose 11 dollars. oh i didn't yeah. know i was gonna make yeah. 50 of course dude. you know of course you could look at all these graphs and whatnot but but that's the thing you you're not gonna understand it unless you look into it that's my long-winded closing statement yeah and, and it's, it's really not that complicated <laughs> actually it's not it's just silly and uh and just to add on to what you were saying um 
yeah i like within the realm of art i think that there are a lot of opportunities that artists tend to miss because you know it's outside of the purview i don't think a lot obviously there's a lot of artists who've been on the crypto shit forever brad Trammell is someone who was buying physical bitcoin attaching it as part of his sculptures and you know selling it i think at the time he sold it it was worth like 600 bucks and that and then when i first saw him talk about it, it was worth like five thousand. but in the broad spectrum of things a lot of artists are not focused in for example what's going on in finance or computer engineering and that's a that's an avenue that you should be paying attention to in order to generate income because it is really difficult to generate income as an artist but like you know for example this nifty gateway thing is something that's built off of new technology that doesn't require necessarily a new skill set for an artist to to profit off of you know Just pretty attention. much yeah 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 it's new technology for something people have always done and will always do, which is make exchanges. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know how to do a drawing. You know how to click upload. This is a new avenue for you to explore as a way to make, make income. I don't know how famous you are. I don't know the market is for your work but this is another place another platform to put it out there yeah and you know my biggest my biggest lesson in this isn't that you know it's it's so easy to to have regrets to say to yourself man i wish i would have bought it back then i wish well you if you didn't know about it back then then don't worry about it what you should be doing is immersing yourself in into the visionary practices because there there's clearly some flux in the way currency is being handled these days and especially in the stock market especially through through cryptocurrency these are these are the hot the new kids on the block if you will you never know what what the next big thing to invest in number one key takeaway from this art pros episode is never invest something that you're not willing to lose we are not financial advisors this is not financial advice we eat fucking crayons we eat so many i eat red crayons all day and green crayons but mostly red crayons you know it's see it's a fine line between uh being perceived as man that guy's a genius to being perceived as like why did you do that you know and and that's what the stock market can do yeah uh, you could you <laughs> You could have been that guy that took out the loan for Bitcoin because you had this strong vision and it could have completely flopped and people would have called you an idiot. But right now, if you were that guy, people, Fucking you could be bawling. laughing at people from your yacht. You That's know? like the You'd farmer. At from your yacht. <laughs> That's the farmer who took cow shit and like put it on his plants. And everyone else who <laughs> farms is like, dude, what the hell are you doing? You fucking weirdo. He's just like, I just, I got a vision from God and I know that it's going to work. I know it's going to work. Just wait, wait six months and you'll see it's my, my crops are going to be amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that when, when fucking harvesting season came and he harvested this fat ass crop, everyone is still just like, well, I don't know if it was the cow shit, bro. And you know, he had to prove it (laughs) over like a period of time that rubbing cow shit on crops works. He's like, well, you see. I like to shit in the woods. <laughs> so I started shitting in the woods, right? And, and, and these plants, he started growing in my shithole, right? So I had this thought. I, I, I can't shit as much as I need to for all my plants. So so I'm using the cow shit, right? And you, <laughs> the guy you're talking to is looking at you like you got three heads. And, and this, is what, this is what investing is like, folks. This is what Bitcoin is like. <laughs>
And thank you for listening to the Art Bros Podcast, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we went on super long. We're definitely, I'm definitely gonna. We can post the full episode on like Patreon. We'll edit this down. We we love you guys. Hey, you know this is this is this is potentially a million dollars worth of worth of information oh, that you yeah. can also just Google. Yeah, but of if, course, if, if if you listen to our specific non fungible non fungible podcast. At, all right, whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, you can find <laughs> us at www.artprospodcast.com. If you have an Instagram, you could follow us at paid.artists. Um, and we also have a Patreon. If you are willing to donate, we uh, do not accept Bitcoin, but we can probably figure it out if you would like to give us some. And you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash artprospodcast. We love you guys. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Now recording.